Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. This is the second in our series, um, Encounter, and this is, uh, the title of this talk is Expectant and Learning to Become Sensitive to the Working and Moving of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are married, you know, when you have children in a marriage, the temptation can be just to focus on them, the gifts of your marriage, if you like, to the point where you could become organised roommates, um, never really having that depth of relationship for one another. And if you like, it's a shell. That marriage could be a shell of what it was supposed to be. And it's the same with when we're thinking about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that God desires a friendship with us, an ongoing depth of relationship that uh, is the foundation for being uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so when people are talking to you and you're talking about uh, God, they should pick up from you that God is your most passionate friend. You're not passing something on just from some kind of remote setting that you have, um, but you are deeply in love with your friends, with, with God, and, and people should pick up that passion from you. And, and we read in the Psalms, don't we, that we, we get to understand in the Psalms that, that God really does want connection with us. Uh, we're made in his image and we're made for that, that connection. And so when we're thinking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is in that setting of, of friendship with God, that they're very often they're there to help people connect to God, uh, to demonstrate the love of God. And so we see from that that the foundation is that sense of unconditional love that God gives to us. And that should be the basis from which the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate from in our in our lives. You know, people who, who, who use the prophetic gifts and want to grow in those or grow into sensitivity to, to them, build a friendship with God. So it's not just hearing God to do stuff or give to others as a primary motivation but it's a lasting friendship it's all based on having that ongoing lasting friendship with your best friend Um, and so that's the the first thing really that we, we would say about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit there's a verse in Revelations that says behold I stand at the door and knock, and if you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal as friends. And the force of that verse is about eating and sharing a meal. It's a picture of the heart of God, of sharing food with God. There's a unity of purpose in that, of acceptance, but it, at the base of it, it's a relationship that is enjoyed, and that is the picture. And it's a picture, when we look through church history, that has marked revivals as well, that sense of shared joy in that deep connection and relationship with God. And, and that is what is possible for us as friends of God. When you read the Psalms, they open your eyes just to how relational God is, as we've said. And the Bible, it's not about raising up some kind of system of, of people that do things but it's about God raising up eternal life partners with you and me, best friends. And in Psalm sixteen seven, it says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. 
That's one of many verses that just express that 24-7, that God is a friend who's giving guidance at night, who's speaking to your heart through the night. Uh, God is always with us. And so there's that depth of relationship and friendship, which is the base of working and moving and knowing the Holy Spirit in our lives. Building that ongoing deep friendship with God. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is also the Spirit of Christ. And in 1 Peter 1.11 it says that they wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. And Peter is speaking about prophets in the Old Testament, but it's clear that the Holy Spirit is focused on the purpose and the mission of Jesus because he told them in advance about Christ's suffering. And and that hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit is focused upon, this is the Spirit of Christ, is focused upon the purposes of, of, of Christ in you and me. And it says in Revelation, doesn't it, that the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. And so it, it's, it means that if we're going to grow in sensitivity to the working and moving of the Holy Spirit, that our priorities in our lives will be focused upon the priorities that Jesus has, that the Holy Spirit wants to focus our hearts, our lives on the purpose of Jesus. You know, the fact that he came on the cross, he reconnected us to the Father. And until he returns, our whole lives are in pursuit of honouring him and his purpose in our lives. And we are absolutely indebted to Jesus for what he's done on the cross, that he's restored us to his Father. And so our personal goals and aims the holy spirit realigns us and realigns our lives to the purpose of jesus and that greater purpose that god that god has and that he has made us co-heirs with with him and that we will rule and reign with him when he returns so jesus has a purpose and the holy spirit if we want to become sensitive to him we will align ourselves with the purpose of jesus on this earth and what is happening and what is he's doing right now we will align ourselves with that big purpose to become sensitive to the moving of the holy spirit that jesus needs to be the center of our desires and so the holy spirit will do that he will work with us to help us to to be in that place uh, to be in love with jesus there's a story in the hebridean revival of a young man called Donald and he'd become a follower of Jesus and and two weeks later after he'd become a follower of Jesus he was out on the hillside and Duncan Campbell was the church minister visiting the islands at the time uh, and he would describe the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the revelation of Jesus uh, and he said it's Jesus becoming real wonderful powerful and dynamic in your life and expressing him than himself through your personality and Donald was um, ha- was out on the hillside and he was baptised in the Holy Spirit just as he was out on the hillside and he had a, such an experience of the Holy Spirit that they had to send a search party out to find him in the hills and they found him on his face 
in the heather just repeating these words over and over again oh Jesus I love you oh Jesus I love you and so they, they kind of brought Donald back to the church service where Duncan was speaking and Duncan was finding it quite hard to speak he was struggling a bit and as he looked down uh, he saw um, Donald who was praying and he saw that the the that he was praying so fervently that he was crying and that the floor was wet with his tears and so he just said to to Donald that he stopped speaking and he just said young man you're nearer to God than I am I believe that you should lead us in prayer at this point. So he stopped the service for someone that he thought was nearer to God in that deep relationship, that friendship with God than he was. And uh, Donald uh, prayed and he suddenly the power of God just fell on the whole church. And he, he described it as some people were throwing their hands up in the air others had fallen on top of each other uh, the holy spirit just moved and people were were just stuck some of them with their hands raised for two hours and seven miles away in a village called Kwa, god just swept the power of god just swept through that village and there wasn't a single house in that village that didn't have someone who'd become a follower of jesus and there was a, a head teacher uh, around this time, 15 miles away on the mainland of, of Scotland, suddenly um, stood up and just in, in his home and just said, I've got to go. And his wife thought, you know, well, he's going out to drink because he was a drinker. And so she didn't want him to go because it was 10 o'clock at night. And, and he said to her, I don't think I'm going to be drinking again. So he went and he got on a ferry. He, he crossed over and he went to this farmhouse that Duncan Campbell was speaking in at midnight. And it was there that he found Jesus, that he became a follower of Jesus. Other incidents was that there was a family in a village that night that all became followers of Jesus, but their daughter was in London. And at the same time, she was walking down Oxford Street in London and the power of God just came over her and she cried out to God and she became a follower of Jesus. And she ended up being uh, becoming the wife of a Baptist minister uh, who she met later in the Hebrides and they became missionaries in Tasmania. And so just stories of the moving of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but marked by a love for Jesus, a fervent love for Jesus, the baptism and, and moving of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to suggest to you that there is far more spiritual experience than you have yet experienced of God. Um, Tozer said, didn't he, you can be as close to God as you want to be. And I want to encourage you, there is so much more in God that he wants to do in your life. There's so much more of his power that he wants you to know and experience. And, you know, when we look at that verse, behold, I stand at the door and knock, it, it, it speaks to me of God not saying no. He's knocking on the door and he he wants to meet with you and me he wants to have that that depth of relationship with us in revelation 3:20 when we we have that verse look here i stand at the door and knock if you hear me calling and open the door i will come in and we will share a meal as friends 
It goes on uh, just a few verses later on and, and John says, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me with the sound of a mighty trumpet blast. The voice says, Come up here and I will show you what must happen after these things. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And I just want to encourage you you know John had already had a vision of Jesus he'd seen the resurrected Jesus had this vision and it's and then there's this sort of further experience of the Holy Spirit where he sees a door standing open in heaven and it seems to me that that God is inviting us to come closer to him that John he'd had this vision of Jesus but then it says there was a door standing open and I was in the spirit so there was more for John after that vision of Jesus to to discover and and to know and I just want to encourage you that God has more uh, that he wants to reveal to you that he wants to show you that he wants to speak to you as you have that that deep friendship with God he will never say I do anything that is outside of the word of God Uh, he will always build on his word and so um but there's that opportunity to hear and to know through the spirit the secrets of God just like we see John in in Revelation God wants and asks us to seek him keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for keep on looking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be opened everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds that's everyone and the door is opened to everyone who knocks. There are two words for prayer and uh, in the in the New Testament, uh, prosuke, which is a, a general term for prayer, means to ask or to beseech. And then there's diosis, which means to also seeking in an ongoing way and beseeching. And so if we want to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, how do we build that friendship with God? Quite simply, there needs to be a place for private prayer in our lives. It's very simple. Jesus models it. He teaches it. Uh, in Matthew fourteen twenty three. he prayed, Jesus prayed alone in the evening. Uh, in Matthew, Mark 1, 35, Jesus prayed alone in the morning. In Luke 6, 12, Jesus prayed alone all night. We can pray any time. Jesus Uh, models that for us and he's the son of God he needed that time and then he tells us in Matthew 6 6 but when you pray go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly then your father who knows all secrets will reward you so Jesus instructs us to pray in this this way because God sees in secret and so here is the, the the first port of call for being coming sensitive to the Holy Spirit by having a place in our day of private prayer. There are so many benefits for us for that. We develop that ongoing relationship, that friendship with God. We we feel and know God's presence throughout our day. We can develop a confidence, a sense of his presence that's not very re- real when we have not had that time alone with him. We are more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we'll have that presence of mind wherever we are in our day, whatever we're doing. The word of God becomes more precious to us 
as we have a love for the word of God and it paves the way, opens that way for God to talk to us and share his secrets with us as we know his word. We can be trusted with the secrets of God. Um, as we have that quantity time, as we give God 10%, then God gives us, I believe, 100% back. So you, he never shortchanges us on the time that we give him. And so there should be a part of your life that is just reserved for you and God. The key to intimacy is to have that secret place with God. Jesus tells us that. And, you know, God has plans for you and his relationship with you. And the place that he's going to tell you is in that private place, not in a public place. It's in that secret place where you're going to hear him speak to you, the things that just for you that, that he wants to, to tell you about. So I'd encourage you, build that friendship with God, that relationship with God in that private place of prayer. Secondly, um, the Holy Spirit puts us in a position where we are eagerly expectant. We have that stance within us that we are eagerly waiting. You know, I'm, I'm not very good at waiting <laughs> um, for things. You know, if, if, I'm asked, if I have to wait for someone, I really struggle to stand still in one spot. So I tend to have to move around or just walk around because um, I don't like standing still. Uh, for too long I'd prefer to go and look for you and try to find you rather than to be stood in one place uh, I find that hard um, but the Holy Spirit we if we want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit then we do need to have patience we do need to learn to wait on God so there is a need for us to, to wait on God Jesus said to the disciples didn't he wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high and the words in the New Testament uh, for expect or, or to eagerly expect are the words for, for waiting. So when we wait, we wait in a certain way. We are waiting, eagerly expecting. In Hebrews 9.28 it says, So also Christ died only once as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, but not to deal with our sins again. This time he will bring salvation to all those who are eagerly waiting for him. So there's a way that we wait. We are eagerly waiting expectantly. God is asking us to wait in a certain way. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to do that. So one way that we know that we're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is to recognise the way that we're waiting. And that we're waiting eagerly, that we're waiting expectantly. Galatians 5, 5. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us who are right with God through faith. We are future people. We have future hope because the Holy Spirit gives us that outlook to be looking ahead, to be eagerly waiting for Jesus, to be looking ahead to the kingdom. Simeon was like that when he was waiting for the baby Jesus in Luke 2 25 it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and guess what he eagerly expected and so one way to know that we are growing in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is that it's the way that we're waiting we are expectant we are eagerly expectant for Jesus and we are looking forward to the coming of, of Jesus from heaven 
uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians 1 it says that Jesus whom God raised from the dead and so we are we are eagerly waiting so God is asking us to to wait and in a certain way that uh, the fact that we have the Holy Spirit the mark of that will be that we're waiting that way expectantly on him and so I want to encourage us to wait expectantly to have that hope to just be just so excited about what is what Jesus is, has got for us for, for you and for me and, and that means praying waiting on him in prayer that doesn't mean that we're always praying but it's our posture that we're called forward as his children to look ahead to the future and I don't know about you but we need to see the work, the outworking of the Holy Spirit. We need to wait on him. We need to ask for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Because I think there's so much more for us that is that we haven't experienced yet. And we need to wait on him. Behold, look, he stands at the door and knock. He, he, he's willing as we wait on him. As, as we wait for him and, and we have that share that meal with him of expectancy that he will come he will reward our waiting and as I've said we need to have that private place of prayer that friendship with God that we're building in an ongoing way thirdly uh, and finally we need to think about having a soft heart when we're led by the Holy Spirit he controls our lives and leads us into love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these are very positive and I want to grow in those, I want to experience those and as we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit that's what marks our lives and one of the the images of the Bible is the Holy Spirit is water and if you imagine a river that's flowing yeah, um, the Bible says, doesn't it, that rivers of living water will, will spring forth from an innermost being. And, and if you imagine that that water, like a river, and as water passes over rock, it, it's hard, so it, it, it kind of flows over it uh, and, and bypasses it. But when water flows over sand, sand is more absorbent, it's a softer material. And when we need to, to think about having a soft heart, you know, sin hardens our heart it's like those rocks if you like places in our hearts like rock and so the holy spirit is is flowing over those hard places and those can be that those can be represent things like unforgiveness um things that we are holding against someone uh might be our words that we're saying but a sensitive heart is one that is growing in the qualities of the fruits of the Holy Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the qualities of the Holy Spirit. And a heart that is soft can respond to him, can absorb him, can be led easily by him. And that's where we want to be. And that involves us being transparent, being open that helps you to grow in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit being open about yourself there's a quote from uh, Darren Edwards here it says the spirit has the right to judge your intentions 
because he is so close to you, dwelling in you and helping you to live a life that is glorifying to God. In Galatians, Paul teaches us to be active in crucifying our own sinful nature. That took place at the cross, but we are to posture ourselves to put to death any residue and take that to the cross. Increasing our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit involves us making those choices. Choices that follow his desires for us. And those desires are always healthy and wholesome. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And our pride can get in the way, can't it, from that. And, and you know, we've got to put our bravado to one side. Uh, we've got to put that to one side and not hide. And we have to be humble and and uh, have that transparency in our hearts to admit when we're wrong, to accept the grace that we need and come to Jesus when we need to receive that grace, to keep our hearts in that place of being soft with the Holy Spirit. You're going through life, um, we, we can respond to life experiences, can't we? And they can harden or soften us. And staying close to God keeps our hearts soft. And Jonathan Edwards, uh, in another great revival, talked about the evidence of the greater sensitive to the Holy Spirit is seeing someone motivated to love Jesus more. And uh, he said this, Therefore, when the spirit that is at work amongst the people tends this way and brings many of them to high and exalting thoughts of the divine being and his glorious perfections and works in them an admiring delightful sense of the excellency of Jesus Christ representing him as the chief among 10,000 and altogether lovely and makes him precious to the soul mark of the work of the Holy Spirit in growing sensitive to the Holy Spirit and another mark, we could say, of growing sensitive to the Holy Spirit is being humble, uh, being transparent enough and loving those that are different to us. There's um, a guy called Michael Fleming and he was homeless, he's now a church minister. And he, one day um, when Michael was praying, he wasn't feeling very well and uh, he didn't really feel like he had any compassion that day for anyone and he prayed and asked God to kind of release him from this feeling and it, it was about six in the morning and he went for a walk he hadn't gone very far when uh, someone came up to him and said can you help me and uh, it was uh, a, a man who was uh, homeless and he just said to him I'm hungry uh, and so he thought at that point well I could give him some money which is in my pocket, or I could take him to eat something. And his natural instinct was to just put his hand in his pocket, and give him some money. But he felt God say to him, "No, uh, I put the man in your, uh, I put the man in your, in your way." So um, he took the the guy and took him for to McDonald's for breakfast. And the man was really hungry, and uh, he, he ate. And um, Michael ended up giving him his coat. And uh, when he got back in the car, I was going to uh, drop him off back in, into the centre of the town and the man noticed that he had a cross tattooed on his left hand and he said, that's Jesus, isn't it? Uh, and and, and uh, Michael said, yes. And then he said, well, I, I have to pray for you. 
And he prayed for Michael with compassion, thanking God that he'd been compassionate for feeding him and giving him a coat to wear. He prayed protection over him and that he would continue to see what God wanted him to do and do it. And he was just became a different person when, when he was praying. He was calm, his voice changed and his body was, was all relaxed because he'd been quite... Um, talking really fast earlier as they were having breakfast and um he he finished praying and, and then he said uh, can you pray for me um michael so michael prayed for him prayed for peace for his mind thank god for sending him and together they just had a moment of just encountering uh, the presence of jesus and he he gave him a gospel of john that he asked for that, that was in the car as, it, as he was walking away um, and uh, he felt that everything that he'd prayed for that morning had just happened that that God had just turned that around and given him compassion and, and empathy and he, he just prayed gave thanks to God for answering his prayer but he got to thinking that the kingdom of God and what it means is is quite often the opposite of what the world is Um, because it was the person who was hungry, cold and lonely was the one that brought Jesus to him. It it wasn't the other way around. And he he kind of got to reflecting that when we don't serve, we don't allow God to work in our lives. Uh, And it's only in serving that that we can really see and and, and feel God. And sometimes, as in this experience, the people who are struggling most in the material world are the ones that God chooses to teach us the most and to minister to us and that was his reflection and he he kind of thought that God speaks to people through the most unlikely people that that we we encounter and that we come across and sometimes through people that we might not even like Uh, and he got to thinking who do I not listen to because I don't particularly like them and a, a short list sort of came to his mind and so he decided to make a conscious effort to listen to those people and he did that within the next two or three days he'd listened to them all and they each told him something that he, he hadn't really heard before or, or thought of and the things they, they said were quite big things one of them was that he should go with his fiance and be attending a church and he knew that that was the right thing to do but he hadn't wanted to listen uh, and so he had to go against his own will he felt uh, but found the the truth of that and another conversation was um about having the backing of a church minister for the ministry that he was doing and again he didn't particularly want those answers but he instantly got it from the holy spirit Uh, he he realized that he thought his way was the best but his eyes were beginning to open to understand that God is speaking to him through those that he wouldn't normally listen to. And he found that those those bigger things that needed to be changed or adjusted to move himself forward were coming from people that he would never have previously listened to because of his own pride and prejudice. And he thanked God for showing him that. And instantly he, he sort of realised that he was no longer judging those people. And he was seeing them completely differently. And he, he sort of drew the conclusion that the kingdom of God is, is just opposite to the way the world thinks. 
we don't listen to people because we don't like them and we don't want to hear what they say. And it's a natural prejudice. But in the kingdom of God, we listen. And our prejudices are removed by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's easy and sometimes that's difficult. Uh, and Michael talks about that personal battle that he went through. It's, it's with self. It's letting go of self and learning to trust. It's trusting in God and listening to other people. And so he learnt how to be more sensitive through to the Holy Spirit by being more open, being more transparent uh, in his life. So I just want to encourage you today, build that friendship with God every day. Have that space of personal connection, spending time with your Heavenly Father, building that ongoing relationship with God. Let those priorities of Jesus come to the top in your life. Let the Holy Spirit focus you on what Jesus wants you to do. Wait eagerly and expectantly for all that Jesus, uh, for the return of Jesus and for the things that you're praying for, that know that God as you're knocking, as you're asking, that God will answer. Wait eagerly and expectantly for those things that you're asking according to what his plans and purposes for you are. I just want to encourage you today that there's more. Maybe it's transparency that you need. Maybe it's people that are different to you, that the Holy Spirit is challenging you there. But just take a few moments just to respond to God. Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the privilege of having you walking with us daily. It's just such an amazing privilege, Lord Jesus. I just thank you for that. And I just pray for every person that has listened to this talk, Holy Spirit, that you would do a deeper work in their hearts, God, that you would speak into their lives, Lord, and that you would help them to put in place the things that you are asking them to put in place uh, into their lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just pray that as King's Church, that we would experience much more of you, that you would take us into, Lord, a greater depth and a greater move of your spirit in us and through us, Lord, to touch this world around us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.